The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Not quite as long as last time, but it is working. Uh, welcome to episode 112 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. How are you doing, mate? All good? Yeah, not too bad. Well, that's always good to hear. Um, it's a bit of a, well, I say a lushed one. We'd normally go under an hour, but this time we've got to, because I want to watch the under-18s in the Youth Cup at seven. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll jump straight into it. Leeds nil, Chelsea nil. Uh, really, really, really good result. I was mu- this was much better than I was expecting. Yeah, we were both fairly pessimistic at the end of the last podcast. And what was it? You predicted a three nil defeat. I predicted two nil. Um, no, we, you know we had a couple of decent chances in there without really testing Mendy too much outside of I think Robert's effort. That was not the glance of a fingertip onto the bar. Yeah, that was a properly world-class save, that. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't see saves that often that make you think that really was outstanding, but that one was. Yeah. Um, it's one of those where I, I didn't get to watch this because I, I had to work, but... Um, so I was texting you at times, going, oh, God, what's happened to Bamford? Yeah. Oh, God, what, why's Rodrigo come off? Yeah. Yeah, you did have to catch up afterwards, didn't you? Uh, I obviously watched all of it. It was a it was a pretty good game, and oh, if we were looking at it the way that we'd look at a lot of Leeds games, like Chelsea were better of the two sides. They probably they did look the better side, but I would say actual out and out really great chances. I thought we had two, and they had one. They had the Havertz chance where. They played it into the box and Calvin Phillips ran in the opposite direction for no apparent reason. I know we play man-to-man, but I think that that was a bit ridiculous. Uh, but luckily the shot wasn't great and went pretty much straight at Melier. I think that's uh, why the shot wasn't that great, to be honest, is that um, Havertz was so confused by Calvin Phillips' tactic of running away from him. It really <laughs> threw him off. Yeah. Um, and then, but for those... Like there was the Rodrigo header from the corner where he was completely unmarked, sort of 11, 11 yards out, that he should have done better with. And that Rafinha one where Roberts does well down the left cross, Rodrigo knocks it down. And Rafinha like lets it run across his body, gets a left foot shot away, but he doesn't catch it clean. And Mendy is going the wrong way and manages to dive back and save it, which is a really good save. But if Rafinha even hits that 50% as well as you would expect him to, that goes in. And he just yeah. didn't catch it. So even though I thought Chelsea had overall the best of the game, I thought Leeds had two of the best three chances. Um, so overall, I'd say a draw was probably about right. Yes, I mean, Chelsea were also put off as well by that uh, that terrible Victor Orta shouting from the stands. Yeah, they uh, they didn't seem pleased with him. And I suppose Vic- Victor Orta is one of those people, isn't he? Like, we... If he's on your side, you like someone like that, but you'd want to kill him if he was against you. Look, I know Tommy wasn't in charge last time we played them, but they had 2,000 fans going, every time Urente got the ball last time we played them. I think they can deal with Victor Orta having a bit of a shout. Yeah. Um, The... uh, It was great to see us keep a clean sheet in a game like this, and uh, it was what I believe is another new partnership for us. Of Strauch and Urente. Yeah. Very good. Um, and I know obviously the circumstances around it aren't what you want. Liam Cooper is ill. And, and that is that is that, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can all say everyone in the world is presuming it's because he's got COVID. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's right. It would make sense given what Steve Clark said. But he isn't calling up for Scotland because he might be available for the third one, but we don't know. 
Mm. It does all add up, but we don't know. And Leeds have got an official position now where they never say if someone does or not. About yeah, like, unless you're Patrick Bamford talking about eleven million. It's uh, it's like, do, like watching WWE's products over the last year. You know there is a virus going around, but damn it, they're not going to tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, obviously I was quite happy to see Strike come back in just because of how well he's played so far. Yorente um, again, I think, is is looking good whilst also kind of settling into things still, I think. And obviously probably what have helped him. Cause what will this be his sixth appearance for us? Uh, that sounds about right. So yeah, six appearances and uh, he's got a new, he's got a new friend to play alongside now as well. Um, but yeah, I think Strike did well. Urente did fine. Um, I'm always amazed whenever I see Urente popping up on the edge of the penalty area at times. Yeah, he does. He he steps out well with the ball. Those passes that he tries to play quite decisive, but he just he seems to have that instinct. If they don't press him, his first instinct does appear to be, "Oh, you've left me thirty yards of space. That means I should move forward thirty yards." Yeah, Which, there was there was the pullback, wasn't there? Where it's it's one of those where again, even, even me watching in in the highlights, kind of doing a double take, we're just going. Sorry, have we just pulled that back to the edge of the area for Yorente to have a shot? Isn't yeah, that where isn't that where Stuart Dallas should be? Yeah, well, I can't remember which game it was earlier in the season, but he had one de- denied at like from sort of six yards out, didn't he? Where in open play, he worked his way forward. Yeah, you know. So uh, the way he's playing, you would you would think playing like that if he stays in the team, he'd probably end up with a couple of goals. And um, we've. Uh, it's, I'm assuming that them two are going to keep their place for a while going forward, but uh, it is worth mentioning that Robin Cock made his comeback in the under-23s on Monday, playing as a holding midfielder. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, the, that's, that's several million pounds saved in the summer then. That's Calvin's backup sorted. Yep. No one needs a Taeyong Coop Just the hands thrustling. Yes. There you are. Uh, I thought the other main thing to talk about from this game was the well, Bamford went off with a knock, but by the sounds of it, he's okay and should be fine for the Fulham game. So, as worrying as it was, we don't need to worry about it too much. Did you read? I know you were catching up highlights wise because of work, but did you read much into Rodrigo coming going off having been brought on as a sub? No, I outside of his. Outside of, I think the header he he should have done better with. That wasn't. I've not seen a lot of Rodrigo, and, and and again, when I text you, I wasn't sure if it was a case of has he been has he been terrible or or is it just a no? He is only fit to play forty five minutes or whatever it was. So so that we are taking him off now. Or... Well, he did play pretty much dead on forty five minutes, so that's what I would think is the right. Thing I, I think his plan was probably he's coming on at half time or he's coming on at the hour mark, but ha- half a game is his maximum, and he ended up playing a lopsided half a game. Uh, Stephen Horseman sent the message saying, "I I believe Rodrigo hasn't been the same since he was out with COVID, considering how long it took St Maximum to return and stuff like that." Which is a fair point. It maybe hasn't been as good, but I still think with Rodrigo, even without that. I think him missing pre-season and stuff hasn't helped. Uh, I, When you look at him, because there's been the talk of him, there was a lot of worries about his injury record before we signed him. And it's come out in his press, in press conference today that he's injured again and he's probably out for Friday. As much as I still think Rodrigo with a run of games will end up being good for us, there is an argument that this money should have been spent in a different way. On, on a slightly younger model, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough because I mean, it, he is a quality player. Like, there's no denying that from from certainly from what I've seen of him this season. I, you know, I, I think his link up play with Bamford at times has been fantastic, and it, and was has been one of the big reasons Bamford's done so well in the first half of this season. 
Uh, uh, it hasn't always been there, but there has been some games where you just see it between them and think, oh, there's, there's what we're missing. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I think when he came in, I dare say you'll have probably known he was going to be playing as a 10 at times, but I don't think even he thought he'd end up playing as deep in midfield as he has done at times. Yeah. Same with yeah. Tyler Roberts, I suppose, at this stage. Yeah. And Sam Greenwood, for that matter. <laughs> now, they're children. You can do what you want with them. Uh, watch his, uh, you don't want to say that, especially yeah. today. Today of yeah. all days when that report's just come out. <laughs> yeah, fair point. You've, it's okay. Yeah. I it's okay. I have an enhanced CRB check. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not going to start referring to you as Dario Guardi. Uh, well, I've mentioned the under twenty footy game uh, on Monday. Did you get to see any of it? Uh, no, I had to work through this as well. Yeah, no, because you, you are now finished at that place, but you were <laughs> have on Monday. The seven seconds of that game I have seen uh, are that lovely gif of Cresswell. I wanted to say dribbling out the back, but waltzing his way out the back. Yeah, waltzing, I think, is a more accurate term. Uh, yeah, Leeds under 23s beat Newcastle under 23s 2 1. It was first half, Leeds miles better side. Second half, Newcastle came back into it. It was uh, Gelhart won the penalty for the first goal, which he scored himself. Second goal with Charlie Cresswell with a header from a corner, which was a really good header. But the main things out of this were Cock came back looked pretty solid in midfield. It gave away quite a lot of fouls, but they weren't in dangerous areas. But on the ball, he looked good. He just settled back in quite well. Uh, Pervader looked quite dangerous. Gelhart stood out a mile again. And with the news of Rodrigo being injured, I'm hoping it means Gelhart might get a couple of shots off the bench. Um, no, Leaf Le- Le- Davis is our backup striker. Yeah, Leaf Davis is injured. <laughs> oh God, we're fucked. Yeah, so it's over. Yeah, there's um, some. In, there's, it, it was good to see them playing so well. Like Je- Jenkins, Jenkins played the first half in, as like an eight and did okay, but he looked better when he dropped back. They they were all playing well, but there's something like sixteen points clear now, so they're pretty much promoted. Champions. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting for next season. If they go up, will the standard at the very top level of under twenty threes football? be anything like the standard of actual football. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that a bit because obviously you kind of look at the model that sort of Man City and Chelsea and and the, you know the bigger richer teams adopt. And especially with under 23s football, most of their best players are going to be out on loan, you'd imagine. Um, whereas us, it seems to be uh, kind of my theory at the moment was, especially with the players brought in this year, is to give them a year to kind of learn the system and le- learn the style of play, then send them out on loan. Yeah, Kieran O'Hare pointing out that the teams below do have <laughs> two or three games in hand, so they do still need a couple of wins. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh so, ba- so basically, reading that, we're going to get relegated and full, yeah. going to be safe. <laughs> Yeah, we'll find a way to mess it up. Now, um, the other player that I should have mentioned, um, because he stand, I forgot to mention him because he stands out every week now. Cody Drama looked really good again. Uh, I would be, I would have absolutely no qualms if we had to throw him into a first team game out of nowhere. I, I know it will never happen, but I would like if you know if we come away from. I think essentially if we get a win out of the next two games, I'd, I'd go on a limb and pretty much say we're safe. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't mind just for the last few games of the season to, to, to just make one or two changes to the lineup and just have a look at a couple of players and either, you know, throw a, you know, throw a Nile Huggins to, to start a game just to just because you can at that point and I'll throw in drama and I'm not saying throw all the kids in at once because that's not going to do anything but if you have your full first team and swap Alioski with Huggins for a game I don't think it, I don't think it's going to hurt us all that much 
Um, no, and he he obviously he did make his debut away at Arsenal, but his level of performance, having dropped back from such an attacking role to like now be someone who seems to be able to play fullback either side, especially at left back and play through midfield, I think his performances have earned if he gets a shot, even if the shot is him justifying where his loan move is next season. Yeah. Um, and there's a few in there, like you say, quite nice to see Gellhart sort of make an appearance. Um, there's an argument for Sam Greenwood coming in, Cody Drama. Um, I'd even seeing Cresswell come in. Yeah. All of them. Put them on. You know what? Actually, I've changed my mind. Put them all in. Rest of the season. I'll tell you, Charlie Cresswell is a bit unlucky that we actually finally have some centre-backs. Because his performances have been good enough that any other year with the number of injuries we've had at centre-back and the number we've had, any other year we'd be saying you should be playing him. Even the first half of his season, the, like maybe his consistency of the last eight games, if we were still in that position earlier in the season where we didn't have any fit centre-backs, you would be going, I'll oh, just play him. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Cause obviously, last season Ben White was the ever present Cooper, and then obviously, I say obviously, Strike was soft. He wasn't even really third choice, was he? No, because Berardi, Berardi was ahead of him for most of the season. It was Berardi, and then Ailing. Yeah. When God, God, we've got we've got loads of centre backs. Yeah. And like, I know that a lot of people are on about it now, and it is completely fair, but even for the people that really rated Strauch can't have been expecting him to be this good this quick. This level of performance that he's pull, pulled out. Like, I think that if you just... You know in the way that last season, when you looked at the record, the actual best record for just games he's played, how many goals have they conceded? It was Baradi last season who actually had the best record. Yeah. Well, that's what Strout's like this season. His record is far and away the best. Yeah, I think, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, the Cardiff game out of things last season because he just had a I'd, nightmare day. It happens. I'd, him, <laughs> him, and everyone else in the last half hour, it turned out. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's so surprising is that he's someone who stepped up, and it wasn't even really in the running. It was the final four games I want to say yeah well it was because it was the it was the Barnsley game that, that he stood out when he, when he played holding mid in that one yeah I was going to say that was the only one he played that actually mattered yeah the, all of the he, other ones were post promotion weren't there in that role yeah um, so the idea of him kind of making this step up from I've played a handful I've you know playing three let's say, meaningful championship games, two games that didn't really matter. And then next up, you've got Liverpool away. Yeah. <laughs> Who luckily for him, of course, don't have that much attacking talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. And I'm going to play alongside the new lad who's uh, who's not fully fit either. And has only trained with us like four times or whatever. It yeah. Was. Um. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster for him this year in terms of East. And he's now partnered with everyone, with all the other central defenders at some point. Um, and yeah, he just, he's, he's really grown into this at centre back. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into talking about him at holding mid because it's, it's been done to death at this point. But I, I feel like when he's been at centre back, he, he looks so calm, so assured. Um, you know, I think he's exactly what Bielsa looks for in a centre back. And I know it's probably a bit of a cliche to say this or a stereotype about someone who's come out of Ajax's academy, but he's a centre back that looks really comfortable on the ball. It's hardly surprising from there. Um, but yeah, he, as I said before, he for me he could stay in the team for the rest of the season. Now I, I think that should be his shirt to lose. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's played well enough that he's played his way into international contention. Be- Belgium tried to call him up. The Dutch only wanted to call him up for under-21s, but we'll see how that goes. He hasn't t- accepted either at the minute. Uh, the other non-England one, 
to mention that will have been of no surprise to anyone who plays football manager. Helder Costa's been called up by Angola. Ah, uh, yeah, fair, fair play to him. Yeah. I actually thought that he just had like Angolan heritage and that's what happened, but he was actually born in Angola, it turns out, and moved to Portugal quite young. By the way, this this is definitely an aside and, and more just a personal conversation between the two of us, but on our online football manager save, Rafinha is now Italian. Oh. Yeah, I, mean, I, looked at, I, I forgot I did, to mention it. But. I did know that he had an Italian passport because it came up when Leeds, when we, Leeds were looking at signing him. It did come up, but I didn't realise that. I never noticed. Yeah, um, no, no caps, but he, he's just switched nations now. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm hoping that Helder Costa goes, plays in these African Cup of Nations qualifiers, does well, and it gets him some confidence because the ability is still there, but we just don't see it often enough. The main one is 2pm uh, tomorrow, the England squad's announced. Um, if they're all fit, I'd, I'd, I mean, Calvin Phillips is pretty much assured to be in there if he's fit enough. Because he's only just come back from injury, there is always a chance that there'll have been a, you know, a word between the club and Southgate and stuff to say maybe let him miss these ones. Mm. But because he's still so young in his international career, you would think he'd go. Now, there was a story in The Guardian earlier today that Southgate was seriously looking at calling up Patrick Bamford and Luke Aylin. Um, have I mean, obviously we would both be very pleased for both of them if it happens, but what do you reckon is the chances? Um, the Luke Ayling one's a little bit tougher to see just because there's a lot of English left-backs. That's right, right. Backs. I've done, I've done it Did, now as well. Yeah, I've done that about four times. I don't know why. There's a Southgate system, just all right-backs everywhere. Mm. Um yeah, the, the, there's a lot of players you've kind of got to think are in the pecking order ahead of him. But bearing in mind, you know, I don't want to speak too highly of a scum player on, on this podcast, but Aaron Wan-Bissaka does not feature for England at all. Mm. He costs £50 million. Pounds. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I Don't get me wrong on this. I think Luke Ayling is completely deserving of a call-up. I think it would be perfectly reasonable. And also with the way Southgate plays, it's an option of a right-back who is also very comfortable playing as a right-sided centre-back in a three. In terms of the way he plays, bringing the ball out, progressive passing, progressive yardage running with the ball, I think he fits the bill. I think he would be a really good player to call up. The thing is, England have got about nine right-backs and seven of them are younger than him. So yeah. that's why I just, I just don't see it happening. I really hope I'm wrong, but... I just don't see it happening. But with the number of times he's come to watch Leeds, and I know Southgate's, like, doesn't he live in Harrogate, isn't he, one of them? Yeah, he lives in Harrogate, so it's a very easy trip for him to make. Yeah, but I do think he's going to call up Bamford. Yeah, I, I mean, I find, I find it quite funny. There was an article on the, in The Athletic earlier, and I think Jack Harrison's name was also kind of mentioned... In there, and again, I, I, no, I, I love Jack Harrison. He is he is my favourite player in the squad. Um, but again, I just think on the wings there is a dearth of of talent there mm. that I think, and especially two months ago, I could have seen it. But his form recently, especially, is going to take away from that. Um, but about, I mean. I always find I always think with strikers, and, and it, this happens every time a World Cup rolls around, is that you always find that for whatever reason there is an English striker who, who oh, the highest goal scoring English striker never really gets picked. Like happened to Darren Bent quite a few times, and Jermaine Defoe, and, and players like that, where they'd be the top scoring English striker, and, and whoever was in charge would just go, "Yeah, but we'll play Wayne Rooney and Emil Heskey; he'll be fine." Mm. Um, you know, Bamford's up there. He's second top goal scoring English striker. Possibly yeah. second top goal scoring English player. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'd really love him to get a chance. Um and just play him in the first qualifier. Because it's San Marino at home. What have you got to lose? Like I, I still maintain that for San Marino at home there should be it's twenty quid a ticket. 
every man between the ages of 16 and 45 is allowed to buy a ticket, 20 quid each. Winner gets to play up front, 10 England internationals and you against San Marino. Uh, you, you're guaranteed a minimum of 20 minutes because it's 20 quid a ticket. I can't and I think I think that 20% of the time, the guy will score a goal. <laughs> I can't help but feel that that guy is going to get two-footed very early on. As, no. as it, just in protest of, no, I'm not having some lad off the streets come and score against yeah. us. There's, they can have the bus with 350 million for the NHS. This is how you raise money for the fucking NHS. <laughs> um, this is how you do it. <laughs> I, I said to you earlier, I understand that you have to get these matches in because it's qualification for a World Cup. I also can't help but feel you probably could have, for a year, made an exception and just had redrawn the groups smaller. Or just cancel the upcoming friendly ones and play them then. Yeah. Because um, there will be some friendlies between now and the World Cup that you could get rid of and play World Cup qualifiers in. Yeah. So that you could probably delay these by six months. Um, but the, I do think, especially with it being World Cup qualifying, I don't uh, there's a little bit disrespected. I don't want to say no disrespect because it's always going to be a little bit disrespectful. The teams we come up against in qualifying, you can afford to throw a few players in for their first caps. Yeah, especially and, the San Marino game. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, San Marino, that is a bit disrespectful, but... Mm. Yeah, like uh, Al- Albania, although they're not a powerhouse by any means. You know, they've they've got some decent players, they defend solidly, and then we're playing Poland in game after and Poland are a good side with some really good players. Yeah. You know. Mo- mostly Mateus Click, but I suppose Lewandowski's alright as well. <laughs> um so yeah, I've, I'm I'm just hoping I'd love to see a couple of you know, a couple of Leeds players in the England team. Because truth be told, it's hard for me to get to even care enough about the qualifiers and stuff like that. To actually I, watch him. Don't get me wrong. I, when the tournament comes around, I completely flip the switch and get care all of completely care. But through the qualifying, I find it hard to motivate myself to watch it. But if there's Leeds players involved, I will. I don't know why you, why you bother watching England. That our lord is returning to international football. <laughs> Zlatan is back. Yeah, that's. I mean, in terms of I mean, form, it's perfectly fair enough. But what a way to announce you're back in international football. God is back. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm glad to hear him say something like this because I've always thought he's lacked confidence <laughs> <laughs> going into that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think this would be a time if you Gareth Southgate, you, you pick your core squad and then I'd probably be tempted to choose a number of players who haven't featured before because I think if you're a club manager of, of, of any of the teams that are still in the cup competitions or still in Europe, you've got to be thinking, God, like, if one of those players gets injured on, inter- on international duty, you'd want to punch Southgate in the face. Mm. Like, just over and over, just shouting, why did you pick Harry Kane? Why have you done this to us? Well, I can uh, understand the desire to want to punch Gareth Southgate in the face. I was there when they beat us 2-1 at Ellen Road and he scored them both. And he hadn't scored for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see, obviously, we all love to see the Leeds players in an English shirt, but I think at this point, I'm kind of dreaming of a, of a team that's, you know, Ailing, Bamford, Leeds' own Stuart Dallas, get him in there. Yeah. Um, oh, God, it's, it's been happening again on Twitter. Oh, loads of Leeds fans making that joke. And loads of people who don't understand it's a joke getting really mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to be honest, don't stop there. Like Jack Harrison, get him in. I, I think Cody Drama's probably earned a call up at this point. Yeah. Um, Sam Greenwood nah, in centre mid. Nah. He's a right back, is Cody Drama. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Why? 
<laughs> oh, I'll get your girl added there then. Yeah, jo- yeah, Joffy should play. Um, and hopefully we might get to see 20 minutes of him on Friday night. Ooh. Fulham away. Fulham, I know they've played some decent stuff lately. They have improved a lot compared to them at the start of the season, but they're not that good. Unfortunately, Fulham's in London, so I have no confidence whatsoever. Uh, it's quite hard to pin down what it'll be tactically because I went back through their like, last six games and they played 4 2 3 1 twice, 4 3 3 twice, and 4 4 2 twice. So, we and all with similar players because they'll just, you know, they'll play Luckman out wide or they'll push him up front if they want to play 4 4 2. So, you can't really tell what sort of formation we're going to be in. Um, they have got a pretty good squad. Like, not a great squad, but a good enough squad that you can see how, um, now that they're playing something like that, they're starting to pick up results. They do have the players there. It's not like Sheffield United where you look at that squad and think, I know they did well last season, but there isn't anyone in that squad that you're that plus for. Like, obviously, Tosin Adala Bayo, I've been banging on about for years, sent about with, uh, with Anderson, who looks pretty decent. Harrison Reed and... Andrea Frank, Zambo, Angisa in middle. I, if Fulham went down, I'd quite like us to sign Angisa. He looks pretty good. Uh, um, up top. There's also the reality television star, Josh Madger. I don't know if it's a documentary, but I'm, I'm sticking with reality television yeah, star. When you said that, I was like, what, has he been on like I'm a Celebrity? And I didn't know, but yeah, Sunderland till I die, he was on. <laughs> uh, Madger will almost certainly play at the front, probably Luckman and Caviero either side if they play with one up top. Mitrovic will be on the bench because they have now realised the thing that they actually realised late last season, that they're a better team without him. Yeah, they can actually play a bit of football when when he's not there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in their team, who who stands out for you? Uh, I've, I've been, obviously, obviously, I think we've spoken a lot about Tosin on this before and how we've all, now we've both been in love with him since we saw him in that Youth Cup game. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've been quite impressed with Bobby Decordova Reed this season. I think the times when he's been in, he's, he's looked quite quite good. Adam Ola Luckman is a good player as well. Um, when I watched them last week against Man City, that, that their first half display was was kind of what you want if you were a team in that position. What you'd want to see in that there is no point trying to defend for ninety minutes against Man City to, tr- to try and get a draw mm. because. I'd, you just one at the end of the day, a point from that game is is really probably not going to do a whole lot for you, even at this stage of the season. Um, whereas for them, if they can pluck two wins out of this, you're still then chasing down Newcastle and Brighton. Um, the, the one thing that kind of gives me a bit of encouragement is that from Man City's pressing, it caused them to make a few mistakes. What yeah, is, and there, there what were bad the goals. as well. Yeah, so I'm hoping that if we if we can get our pressing going quickly um, and force them into those areas, that we can kind of capitalise on that. Yeah, from the way that they... Uh, they did have a real go, and it didn't work out, but they've been having a go in a few games, which has certainly helped them. Uh, Kieran O'Hare, who writes for Through It All Together with us, just said, I think Fulham tend to match us in midfield, and we've always found them difficult to deal with tactically. Now, it's sort of weird because the last game, I do know what he means, because obviously they did start getting a run on us and scoring goals. But we were also 4-1 up and cruising before we completely switched off. So it's, yeah. a, it's a bit of an odd one with Fulham, because they've definitely got the players to match us in midfield. Like, if they play a 4-2-3-1 and it's, let's say it's Reed and Angisa in the middle, and Angisa stood out an absolute mile in that game, and then maybe Loftus-Cheek as a 10. That is a strong midfield three that can really cause problems. Uh, obviously, we said earlier, Bamford is expected to be over his knock. No Rodrigo. So, is there any changes from the Chelsea game? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know why. I don't see why outside of injury worries, you'd want to change anything from that. Um, I think it's just going to be a couple of changes on the bench more than anything else. Um, obviously, obviously, you got to watch the game more than I did. So, would you? Is there a possibility that we might swap Costa with Harrison again? Well, I, I think Harrison will keep his place after playing in that one. 
Uh, I think I think Harrison plays. I do think Alioski will keep his place at left back because he'll want Dallas in middle of midfield still. Um, when Click came on, it was only a ten-minute cameo, but he did, and this makes sense obviously for logical reasons. But he did like run his bollocks off and chase everything down. So there is an argument for playing Dallas left back and bringing Click back. But I don't like Click and Roberts together. I never have done. So no. I, I would play, and Roberts was probably was well. I mean, he got given man at match by BT, but I think he was definitely up there for man at match call. I think I gave him it on for it altogether as well. Uh, so I can't see him changing the Dallas Roberts partnership. So I'd be very surprised if anything changes, unless someone's injured. You know, Juventus and Stroud playing together looked really good. Yeah, um, I, I do feel sorry for Roberts at this point. Because he is just, I can't imagine he imagined essentially playing more as an eight at this point of the season. Like, I know he's meant to be a bit more attacking, but I don't know if that's just because of our performances over these last two months that because we've been losing, what is it, we've lost five out of the last seven or something like that, mm. um, that, that naturally he's had to play a bit deeper, but... Um, so he's another one if we get to the last couple of games I'd, I'd quite like to just play him up front for two games just to have a look and see if he could be anything like a Premier League striker yeah um, I, I, say, I think with the Chelsea game suit would do a bit better because Chelsea played free at the back it meant he could push up a bit more uh, and that got him into some nicer areas Like I think it was uh, Josh Hobbs on Twitter that was saying if you look at his last few games, if he doesn't have those goals disallowed, and like if we get the other end at green with stuff like that, he has two goals and assists in the last five, and all of a sudden you'd probably look at his performances differently. Yeah. Which, perception-wise, he's probably right. There probably is something to that. Uh, Ali's just sent the message saying their right side looks strong enough to cause us problems down our left, but I fancy it's to be too strong for them now that Calvin's back. Super Calvin, yeah, Super, super Calvin. Calvin. But that that is a a fair point. Like it, you don't really know who. Like they could play Lutman on the right. They could play Caviero on the right. They'll have Kenny Tete overlapping from right back. They've got they have got options there. And obviously, if they're running at Alioski, as much as you get lots of endeavour out of Alioski, you can see him beating him. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Like I said, if we can if we can get on top of them and, and keep get the high press going early and force them into into those errors, then obviously we aren't we aren't going to be as clinical as Man City, even a Man City team that now doesn't need strikers because mm. you've got Gundogan just as your deep lying midfielder that seems to be scoring every other week now, yeah. uh, but. It definitely puts us on, you know, can put us on the front foot then and, and create some chances. And hopefully, one Bamford can end his little dry spell. Um, I, I think the one thing I've kind of thought, I've realised out of this is, and it's it's not really a secret or anything like that, but we are starting to get a bit short on goals from people other than Bamford. Well, as, as goal scoring has definitely dropped off. I mean. Off the top of my head, I don't know how many is. Is it five at last seven we haven't scored? Yeah, I think we're three three straight games now without a goal, aren't we? Yeah, and I think in the first half, it's a few more. Like we, yeah. we just we haven't been we haven't been as good in attack as we have been, and they're you know teams aren't over committing as much against us, which is probably a big reason for it. And we're probably not quite playing as well in attack as we have done at other stages of the season. But I still think we're doing fine. Like, there's still been, in those games that we haven't scored, I still think that we've created enough chances that we could have. Uh, yeah. Even I, if I it mean, hasn't been loads of them, there's been some. I think the, the thing I find in looking at people's reactions on, on social media is that even if you ask them now, are you happy with the position we're in? The, I think most people would say yes, outside of the few lunatics who think we should be pushing for the Champions League. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't think... I, in, in most people's heads, I think, when they think of mid-table, they don't have the consideration of, well, for that to happen, you are going to lose as many games as you win. Yeah. Or just slightly either side. Um, you know, I think it... it to us, 11th is a good position to be in. But that also, you know, when we were finishing 12th and 13th in the championship and 14th and 15th. And, and 15th you know, that, again and again and 15th yeah. again. <laughs> like, you will win some, you know, there, there were odd games in there that we'd, we'd win 4-0 or whatever, but you are going to lose as ma- at least as many as you win when you finish there. And that's... And at times you will lurch from woefully inept to glorious attacking football and with no real rhyme or reason as to why you can't perform like one or the other from week to week. But that's just how it is mid-table. Yeah. Um, Obviously, as you say, we lurch about in terms of the quality of the result. What sort of result will this be? Uh... I'm gonna. I'm gonna be fairly positive about this one. I'm, I'm gonna say we win this one. I'm. I'm. I'd say I'm not feeling confident defensively, so I'm gonna say we win three two. Three two. So early season leads are back. Yes. Yeah, um, I think this will be one apiece. We're not gonna win. It's in London. We're just not. No. Uh, I was planning on us doing. Well, on talking for a couple of minutes about the upcoming Youth Cup game, but it kicks off in 19 minutes and the team news isn't out yet. So I can't. Uh, but the under-18s are playing in the Youth Cup against MK Dons at 7 o'clock, so in like 19 minutes. It's on all of the LUTV channels, so it'll be on YouTube and stuff. I definitely think it'll be worth a watch. Uh, winners play Newcastle in round four. I would always advise watching Youth Cup. It's a re- it's oh, In terms of... It's weird because it's not the case at senior level, but the Youth Cup is way bigger than the league. Yeah, it's, I've always found that quite funny, actually, the Youth Cup, because it, I, I wrote it, this is going back a while now when I, when I had a job in PR, but I remember writing an article about kind of the importance that's placed on the Youth Cup. Um, and I suppose if it's your team that wins it, you still remember who was part of that team. Obviously, the, for us, our main one for, for you and me would have been the, the 97 team. Yeah, we won it in 93 uh, as well, but that we don't really we don't remember that. No. No, I don't remember anything from 93 because, you know, I was, well, that's a bit like 93, so I would have been three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, and it's funny when you kind of look at those teams and... and and see who went on to play first team football and 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 stayed at the club and like for us in the, in the ninety seven team you, you had quite a big chunk of that team went on to play obviously that was kind of a year or two before you had the likes of of Woodgate Smith um, McPhail breaking into the team I think and, and even the peripheral players there because I think you got like Alan Mabry's in there Lee Matthews is in there um, yeah. Players like that. Uh, well, just just a quick glance. Ninety-seven. Paul Robinson, Alan Mabry, Johnny Woodgate, Damian Lynch, who I don't remember. Uh, Harry Kewell, Kevin Dixon, who I don't remember. Uh, Tommy Narvik, Stephen McPhail, Wesley Boyle, Matthew Jones, Lee Matthews, and then the subs were Stuart Gore and Alan Smith. I just think we all know that Tommy Narvik was the best player in that team. Tommy Nor- Tommy Narvik won uh, Leeds United Young Player of the Year, I think that year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he was one of those certainly as a kid he was very hyped up as a in Leeds anyway yeah. um, but now it's it'll be in, it's interesting with the Youth Cup because I, do, I don't think you get as many of those players that, that progress to the first team um, no I think the best example recently and I'll, I, off the top of my head I aren't 100% sure which year it was I think it was 2017 uh, it was Man City and Chelsea in the final, and when you look at the two lineups, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was like Man City's front three is like Jaden Sancho and 
Um, it was a, it was a, there were, it was a, a Mason Mounts playing, and there's a few of it's a really strong year. I can't remember exactly which one it is. Yeah, I, I suppose there's, there's some. I, you do look at the the money that like City and Chelsea have put into their academies over the last few years. Arsenal have always put a lot of stock into their academy as well. Yeah. Um, it's one of those competitions where I suppose as, kind of as a football person, your ideal scenario is that this bunch of 16, 17, 18 year olds win and then all of them within three years are now your first team. Yeah. Like that, everyone would love that. It never happens, but everyone would love that. Yeah, I mean, again, just referencing the the Youth Cup game, we went to with the the Man City game. Obviously, kind of the the main ones for Leeds were Malik Wilkes and Ronaldo Vieira. Yeah, I think was Moa in that one. Did we say no, MC three set? Obviously, no, I, th- I think he'd progressed by that point. Yeah. Um, and then you had like Lucas Amecha playing for Man City yeah. in that one as well. Um, it's, it's just it'll be interesting now because obviously, unless the rules change, we can't sign foreign players under eighteen now, can we? No. Uh, if, obviously, Radrizani is looking at buying clubs elsewhere, which I'm assuming is where we'd shove them off to. Um, I know that that doesn't sound great and everything, but the truth is we're probably going to have to because everyone else is doing it. Like even, even Brighton have, yeah. have got a link. Leicester have got uh, Leuven. Uh, it's not just something that Man City and Chelsea are looking at. It's all the way through the Premier League. So we're probably going to have to just to stay on an even playing field. Sorry, it was uh, just, I've just got the team up for, the FA Youth Cup game as well. Jamie Shackleton was in that one. Yeah. Uh, Tom Pierce, Matty Downing was in there. Um, and then you look like the captain was Mike Taylor. There was someone. What, like, in 50 year old goalkeeper Mike Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I you're believe thinking, we, did ha- we did have him at one point, didn't we? Yes, but it's called Make, Make yeah. Taylor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and he was captain. I've no idea who he is, and it probably yeah. help. Probably doesn't help that I, I think around this time I wasn't playing football manager either, so I had no idea who who he was. But um, Cockadore was also on the bench. We had someone called Giovanni Sterling. Oh, Giovanni Sterling. Yeah, I I I, I, I do know of Giovanni Sterling. I mean, I was there that night, and I clearly didn't pick up on the name Giovanni with a J. Yeah. yeah um... Because there's been there's quite a few Sterlings. I believe Chelsea had one as well. Um, yeah, I would just I've just found that it was the uh, well one of Chelsea's in that game I was on about was Dujon Sterling. Uh, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool used to have one as well. But yeah, that was it. The uh, in that 2017 final, Chelsea had Reese James, Trevor Chalobah, Mark Guehi, who is now looking brilliant for Swansea, uh, Mason Mount, Callum Hudson Odoi were like the main ones. And Man City had um, Brahim Diaz, who's been now playing for Real Madrid, Matt Smith, who was a Welsh international, Lucas Nemechia, Phil Ford, and Jaden Sancho. So, solid, <laughs> solid teams. Yeah. So you never know. If we watch it tonight in ten minutes, we may well, we may well see um, someone. Kieran has just sent a message saying that the lineup is out. So I'm just going to quickly have a glance. Yep, there we go. Uh, so it will be interesting to if if it will ever actually load it. Unfortunately, it won't because it's being a pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> you know what it's like when stuff like this happens. We're live, pal. We we are indeed live, and it's trying to look at the lineup has completely and utterly crashed my Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't even be out of here because it will not let me close this. <laughs> so I just have to hope that this is all working because it has completely died. <laughs> it's obviously it's a little bit sad as well that there's no crowds for this. I know this one's kind of been moved to York, but 
Um, you know, the last couple of years, you know, when we obviously when we went to the game against City, there was a decent crowd there. When we had that away game against Liverpool, was that last year or the year before? And the, and there was a daft amount of Leeds fans that filled that corner. Yeah, I can remember there being a fa- I remember there being a like a thousand or so at Old Trafford. That's that I was thinking of the Old Trafford one. The, the Liverpool yeah. one was a few years before. Yeah, when we, we um, played really well, and we got beat one 0 because they had that. I mean, they, they had that Hannibal Maybe that they paid a million. I was gonna. I I just tried to say a million quid for as an exaggeration, but they paid like eight million quid for. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, you actually downplay it. Yeah, uh, Christian Goal. Um, I was up with Ethan Kachosa, who is like, I believe he is Zimbabwean, so he gets quite a lot of media coverage and stuff. He's looked decent when I've seen him. Uh, Coleman and Teal, I'm not as familiar with. Uh, Level looks all right. That Alfie Hughes in the middle, I believe we he turned down Scum to come to us. Ooh, uh, Martin um, Martin Spencer, who played for Sunderland at one point, he's very very highly rated. Max McMillan, who was pretty highly rated. Keenan Carroll starting as well. The Snowden, who is also one of them I'm less familiar with. Uh, looking at the bench, like Jamal Chuck was there, Louis Bradbury's on as well, and he's been in quite good goal scoring form from what I've seen on Twitter. Uh, I was expect there's a couple of names missing from that. We must have a few injuries because there's a couple that uh, I'm not as familiar with. Like um, Jeremiah Mullen isn't involved, and I would have expected him to be because he's looked really good when I've seen him. Is, I, I, this shows kind of my ignorance to our under 18s and 23s. Is Max Dean, would he qualify oh, for this? He would have done. Uh, Max Dean put a picture up on social media a couple of days ago of him with some crutches. Yeah, he had a protective boot on, didn't he? So. Yeah. But he, he he's only just turned 17, so he would have definitely been... He'd have probably played in this. Yeah. Uh, but wait, we will call it there, which gives everyone a chance to watch the under-18s, because that's what my plan is. So... Uh, we're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod and at MightyWhitesPodcast.com. This, the audio version of this will just be everywhere that you get podcasts that aren't Acast. Uh, the stuff right goes up on Through It All Together, which is on Twitter at THIU, it's all LUFC, and Through It All Together.SBNation.com. Uh, have we had to add, Casey? No, I think we covered it all today. Right, nice one. Uh, yeah, I advise you, if you've got time and you're not doing all else, I would go watch this Youth Cup game. It should be a decent watch. <laughs> And I have no way of knowing how strong MK Don's Academy is, but just in theory, it feels like we should win. Like, mm. it definitely you, feels like it. Mate, just like the, just like when you challenge The Undertaker, you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. Wait, uh, I am going to click and broadcast before I start doing this because it's taken a while last time. So I've been Jack's here. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. Now we wait. Because it took ages last time. See, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>